All right. Hello, everybody. This is Matt Coiner. I'm here with Austin Slade. We got Austin Hackford on the desk. And today is episode two of the Bet GPT Sports Gambling Podcast. So um, episode one, I'll be honest with you guys, it was a hit. We got we got a lot of good feedback. Um, so we're we're gonna we're gonna throw another one out there. So are you excited to be here, Austin? Yes. I, I love potting. I was born to pod. Just you're 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 a true professional, so I love your enthusiasm. Um, let's get into it. So first and foremost, there's there's a lot of sports I think that some people in general don't care about. You could just be a basketball guy. You could be just a football guy, just soccer, which I feel sorry for just the soccer guys. But in this case, we are going to be talking soccer, but it's something we can all rally around. It's the World Cup. So the Women's World Cup start, well, it started a couple days ago. The United States plays today against Vietnam. Um, I believe USA, the women are like minus 6,000 to win. They're favored by seven goals. So not much of a handicap there, but I figured we could talk about the tournament as a whole. Um, so just in general, we got a breakdown of the odds. Um, U.S. is the favorite at plus 225 to lift the trophy at, at the end of the tournament. And they're looking for their first three-peat and, um, well, the first, I guess, ever three-peat in Women's World Cup history. So we got some history on the line. Um, but we got some other teams trying to stop that, including Spain at plus 460, England plus 550, England plus 700, Australia plus 850, and then everyone else I think is past 15 to 1. So those are probably the five or six contenders we're going to be looking at here. Slade, do you remember uh, You remember any of the girls from, from the team four years ago? You got any favorites? Um, Alex Morgan, I think, I think she's really great at passing the ball. Um, yeah. Zach Ertz's wife, she's great. Julie, yep. yep what was Mal great. Swanson on the team four years ago? Because I think that's my favorite player. I would, I would assume so because her last name is Pew, right? P-U-H. Mallory Pew, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sucks to see her injured. She went down. I think she tore her ACL or something. Something went wrong. Don't quote me on that. Something went wrong with her leg. So she's she's been out for the past few months. I know the America's favorite shortstop, Dansby Swanson. He stayed yep. in the hospital like a great husband. Yep. And then came out to play the next day. I think he went over four with four strikeouts. But yeah. you know, he came out to play and great that's, looking that's couple. Husband would do. Yeah. Is it? And I think her MLS team is is in Chicago, right? So they're like a Chicago sports couple. Yeah, power couple goals right there. So. I think the USA is going to end up winning this tournament. They do have a younger group. They have Alyssa Thompson and Sophia Smith coming up. Um, so this will be their first World Cup experience. They're great attackers. There should be a lot of goals amongst those two. I just don't know if they're necessarily girls we can depend on to play like 90 minutes or the whole game. They might have to be eased into it. Same with some veterans on the team. Um, Megan Rapino and Rose Lavelle. I think... Well, Megan Rapinoe in general, she's she's on the older end. She's about to retire. This is her last hurrah. So she's probably going to play maybe towards the end of games or maybe just at the beginning or just, just any time to provide a spark. Rose Lavelle apparently has been playing much this year in terms of like her league, so they're going to ease her into it. But by the time we get to the group stages, or excuse me, past the group stages to the knockout round, she's going to be uh, a key factor. But what I want to get to here is the golden boot. So that is... Who is going to score the most goals in the tournament? So some criteria for that would be you want to pick 
obviously a good goal scorer, but you also want that goal scorer's team to make it far in the tournament. And obviously we, we named off those teams, USA, Spain, England, Germany, Australia. It's most likely going to be someone from one of those teams unless we see a huge upset. And with the USA, I have a hard time picking Alex Morgan or, or one of the two, Alyssa and, and Sophia, one of those two. I just, I, I think that there's going to be, there's going to be too much, um, too much, like it's not, it's going to be equal. Like everyone's going to get their chance at goal. Everybody's going to be in. No one's going to be pay, playing an obscene amount of minutes, especially since they're playing Vietnam. Uh, in the first game, which they'll probably win like 8-0. But is someone going to get a hat trick? I mean, it'd, it'd be huge for their chances, but I just don't see it. So I'm straying away from the U.S. But I am going to give an official pod play. And I just placed it this morning. You should be able to get Alex Pop, P-O-P-P, Alexander Pop from Germany at 16-1. to She is 32 years old. Um, this is her second or third World Cup, I'm not sure, but I know she played in the last World Cup, so she has the experience. I believe Germany's going to go far. Their path isn't that hard in the group stages, so they should advance. They got um, Morocco, number 72 in the in the world, Colombia, 25th, and South Korea, 17th. So not a terrible schedule. And looking back at last year, only you only had to get six goals to win to win the award. So I think she can get six. It'd be nice if she could tack on a couple with Morocco in that first game Monday morning. But she had two last year. I'm, I think she can build off that. And I think sixteen to one is is something to sprinkle. But Slade, I know you're more of a you're more of an Alex Morgan type of girl. She finished second in the last World Cup. So she also just had a baby though. So you know, or a kid just not too long ago. Mom strength. Yeah, mom strength, but is her mom strength built up? That would be the question. That's so good point. Yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with the World Cup. Um, regardless, you know, you can watch it on your Friday night. Um, the other games, since it's in New Zealand and Australia, the times are like all wacky. You might have to get up at one thirty a.m. To, to support your country, but um, Maybe on a Saturday or Sunday, that'd be worth it. If you have a job, I probably wouldn't advise doing that. But, you know, to each their own. Um, yeah, that's all I have for the World Cup. Uh, Austin, if you're good with that, I think we can talk a little MLB trade deadline. I just want to repeat that play. Alex Pop plus 1,600. Yep. You got to find that on FanDuel. All right. Yep. All right. Cool. Let's get into the uh, the MLB trade deadline. So... I believe it's August first. Is that correct? Yeah, we've got about we've got about nine days. I think a lot of these teams are going to wait till the last minute to kind of make up a buy or sell decision. I think that's one of the new aspects that's that we've seen with the with the playoff expansion is all these teams thinking they have a chance um, because of that extra wild card spot. We saw it last year with like the Phillies. Like at this time last year, no one was really thinking about the Phillies. They make a deep playoff run there in the World Series, so. There's going to be a lot of teams still holding on to that hope that they can get in. You're going to have a lot of teams talking themselves into being a buyer. Um, and a lot of teams making mistakes, to be honest. I think if the Angels don't trade Shohei Otani, I think that's a mistake. He's We're going to hear about it every day for 24-7 for the next 10 days. And we'll probably be talking about it. And, you know, looking back, if assuming the Angels miss the playoffs, I think they've got like a 20... 
20 some percent chance to even make the playoffs, let alone make a run. Um, they're actually down at 13%. 13%? Oh. Yeah. You know, they, they they can't play the Yankees every game. They have to play some tough teams. So Well, they're playing the Pirates tonight, right? Oh, that's not too bad then either. Okay. Okay. So, I just feel like your fan base is going to totally hate you if you if you trade from like an owner's or front office perspective, if you trade Otani. But how can you not? You can get so much and two to three years from now, you can totally reset your franchise. It's like, yeah, you don't have that generational talent, but would you rather have the generational talent and a bunch of bums and a decent player with a back problem and Mike Trout? Or would you rather have several guys you can actually build your team around and kind of look at like the blueprint of the Orioles? I don't think so. they're going to trade him. I think that their owner is going to be kind of a, he's going to be a little bit, he's going to cower to the, to the masses and the fans. And he's going to be like, no, we're not trading Otani. We're going to try to extend him this off season. But at the end of the day, he's not going to pay $600 million that it takes to get him. I think if he got even close to like some of those top dollar amounts that like he would actually, like the angels would actually have a chance. Um, I think he's happy there. Even despite the losing, I think, People kind of underestimate the fact that when you're playing both ways and you are talking about someone with their routine as strict and everything is as his, it takes being comfortable to perform. And I think he's, he is comfortable there. I mean, they, he picked them out of all this, those suitors at, from the first place when the money was the same from everywhere when he came from Japan. So it is going to be, I think, harder for him to leave than people think. It's just, I don't think their owner is actually going to pay that amount. Yeah. I know he wanted to, when he came to America, he wanted to stay on the West coast. It sounds like. So I think the Mariners, if they do end up trading him, the Mariners could be an option. Obviously the Dodgers want him. I would find it very hard to believe that they would trade. I feel um, like the Dodgers the are Dodgers. too smart to do that because they're going to be giving up. The, the Dodgers have a great farm. They probably know that if Otani hits free agency, they can offer him the most amount of money. So why would you throw in three of your top prospects when you can just wait? I mean, the Dodgers kind of treated this year. I mean, if you look back at last offseason, the Dodgers didn't really do anything. They let Justin Turner walk. They, they just they didn't spend really any money. So they were trying to treat him this year as like taking a step back, um, you know, building up their foundation again and reloading a little bit on the fly. It doesn't make sense to give all that up when you're you can still build through the farm and just pay an obscene amount of money that you, we know they're capable of doing. But do you think that if they traded for him, they'd have a higher chance in retaining him next year when he does hit free agency? Does that help? He, yeah, I mean, assuming it doesn't go terribly, I think so. If he can get comfortable there, and they can, he can get his first taste of playoffs of the playoffs and some playoff success. Um, but then they're just going to get to the playoffs and get swept by the Braves. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, th- I mean, they're still the Dodgers. I just don't take them as seriously as I did in the prior years. Yeah. I, the NL's tough. I mean, the Dodgers, they're just not that same team. Like they, they just don't have the pitching with Bueller out. Obviously they don't have Trevor Bauer anymore. He's been exiled across across <laughs> the world, right? Rightfully so, scumbag. But they're, they're just a Kershaw. Kershaw's hurt. 
And then they're sitting there. Today's, you know, the 21st of July. And you'd think at this point, the Dodgers would already be up like five or six games and running away. They're only up two. They're eight and two in their last 10. The, the Diamondbacks are hanging around. The Giants. Giants are also two back. And honestly, the Giants are 25 to one to win the World Series. I don't hate that. If they make some moves at the deadline, Giants magic, that October baseball that they play down there. Um, it's an odd year and that's what they play well. Is that right? So, Even year. They won in like well, 2010, well, 12, 14, right? So what what I'm hearing from my desk is since that was over ten years ago, it resets to the even. Oh, so now they're right. an even year team. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting at with that. So I, I think I think the Dodgers could go for it, but I don't think I want to say too. I don't think the asking price for Otani is like crazy. That's like one reason why you might want to keep him, just because like this isn't Juan Soto where he had two and a half years of control. You're talking about Two or three months. I mean, what happens if he hurts his shoulder or gets? I mean, he, it's not like he's someone who hasn't been injured in the past. You're, you're one. You know, that's true for all trades, but when especially for a rental, you're you're one tweaked shoulder or something away from him being completely useless, and you just gave away three of your top five prospects for absolutely nothing in the short term and no guarantees in the long term. Yeah, and I want to stray from the the deadline talk for just a second fan graphs recently i think it was three days ago released their top 50 players who have the most trade value in their eyes in the mlb so this they looked at obviously their player performance but then also their contract how many years of control they have are they affordable and whatnot so out of the top five here i'll give you 30 seconds how many can you name? Who are the five most valuable guys to trade for? Who could you just sell the farm for? They're going to be somebody making. They're going to be on a rookie deal, or they're. I mean, maybe they had an extension. I would guess Ronald Acuna Jr. He's one, yeah, yeah, because he he signed that extension and his agent needs fired. Wasn't it like it's a hundred million to all in, like something stupid? He could have gotten yeah, three times that. That is, if you want to, I think, be a successful MLB team with a superstar, like if the Cubs went and signed Soto next year in two years for like $450 million or whatever, that's just so hard. But if, if like... You have to scam the sign, player, you, basically. Well, it's like, like what the Mariners at number three, Julio Rodriguez, he signed a huge deal when he was relatively unproven he had a couple good months i assume the same will be coming for one of your favorite players and future hall of famer corbin carroll he's number four on the list i thought he already signed number, a deal did he not did he we can have the desk check that out hackford see what uh corbin carroll's under contract what that's looking like we got six led la cruz seven gunner henderson those guys after this year could very well be looking at extensions uh, Wander Franco, Nicholas Bear's favorite players, number two, Tatis, Alvarez, and the first pitchers, Strider and Shane McClanahan. That's 10 and 11. Yeah. So um, basically, you're looking at that's like kind of all the younger guys towards the beginning. And then we'll keep skipping down. Um, you have some more proven guys and like Jose Ramirez at 19. He just has a super team friendly deal. But then down at 25, that's where Shohei is. 
So that's just because he's only under contract for two more months. He also and, makes like 31 million or something, 30 ish. Yeah. So, and I, they're all, probably also assuming his next contract is going to be huge. So, so, so Carroll did uh, sign an eight year, 111 million. Okay. Okay. Thank so the AAV on that yeah. is pretty solid. I mean, you're talking like, I'm not, I'm not a math guy, but it's what, is that less than 15 mil per year? Gotta be, yeah. Eleven one 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 divided by eight, we're sitting at thirteen point eight. Yeah. So and he's like third in the MVP race in the NL. So that's just that's yeah. great value. But at the same time, when they signed it, they didn't know he's gonna be this good. Yeah, what will happen good, is like in but... four years he's gonna be kind of bitter about it when this in this economy with the inflation. Yeah. He's gonna be that's what happened with Rizzo. He he signed like a seven year forty nine million dollar extension before he broke out, and then he was upset that he was underpaid at the end, trying to renegotiate. And the Cubs were like, "No, you have you have to you kind of have to have these guys underpaid in order to win championships." Yeah, are there any examples of guys who signed these extensions really early that just haven't panned out? Where like eleven million a year would be a total rip off? Uh, Can't think of any. I mean. Eloy Jimenez signed one, I think, but I don't, he hasn't been like so bad that it's like, they have so many problems. I don't think he's even in the top two or three. Yeah. Let's see if Eloy's on this list. No, he's not even on it, but yeah. Um, So then I also broke it down by like how many, how many players certain teams have. The Braves have five in the top 20. Ozzy Albies won. He's not in the top 20. He's just like at like 35. Because he's so underpaid. He signed like one of the worst. Him and Acuna Jr. are on the same time. Both signed like some of the worst contracts I've ever seen. And they have the same agent, I think. Yeah, we got Albies is sitting at 31. And in their top five, they have Acuna one. Michael Harris, reigning NL Rookie of the Year, 15. Austin Riley's at 13. Sean Murphy, who the A's just forever, they will get it, make a good player, and then trade him. And then Spencer Strider at at ten. So that's not even including Matt Olson, who's like twenty nine years old. Yeah. So yeah, they they are loaded, and I feel sorry for anyone who bet the Braves under this year because they're just going (laughs) to (laughs) keep. You know who you are. Yeah. So what do you think about the Cubs not having any top 50 trade value guys? Is that how is Justin Steele not on that list? Don't ask me. I didn't write it. He's going to be like what top three, four in the Cy Young still on. He's probably making like a million bucks this year. Yeah. I don't know. So that'd be their that'd be their one guy. It looks like just in general they're valuing pitchers a little bit less on this list. I don't really have that much of a problem with it because Dansby got a bag, Ballinger's a rental. I mean, Stroman's basically a rental or not a rental, but he's on a short. He's got barely anything left. Yeah, Nico isn't worthy of that yet. So I don't I don't really have any problems with that. It's kind of what I expected. Some interesting guys at the bottom of the list. O'Neill Cruz at 42. I still think of him like in that LED La Cruz, like yeah. Matisse, kind I, of. I was going to say that's to me is like LED La Cruz is like floor is that guy. 
Yeah. Or it's just he's so, just a freak athlete, but it's just he's little things. He just he can't stay healthy. He can't. He does that guy doesn't hit for that much power. I think Ellie has more power. Cruz has had some rockets too, though. Like the, any guy who's like consistently hitting like above one ten off the bat, like those guys, like you, you got to keep those guys around. So hopefully Cruz can stay healthy. Um, and yeah, just a lot, a lot of hit, a lot of hitters. So I think that's why Steele fell a little bit. But I just thought that list was interesting. We can hop back into the trade deadline stuff. A um, couple other players here. We got uh, Paul Goldschmidt for one, who just won MVP in the NL. Do you think the Cardinals are going to sell? Do you think if they go on like a five or six game win streak? I know they just lost a couple games to the Cubs. So I think they're selling almost no matter what. They already they already sold a reliever today. Um, but I mean, yeah, they just won six straight. Then they lost today. They had coming into the day. They had like an eleven percent chance to make the playoffs. I don't, I don't see it this year. I mean, even if, even if you win the NL Central, they're not doing any damage. They don't have any starting pitching. I mean, Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery are probably going to get dealt. I think they're both expiring. Um, I, it'd be it'd be pretty funny if Jordan Montgomery got traded back to the Yankees. I think it's. I mean, it's. Probably not likely, but it's not impossible. He's going to get traded to a contender. I just, the Yankees yeah. are a whole different story. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. Gold, if Aaron Otter requests a trade, I think he could be gone too, but I don't see him doing that. I don't even understand why he stayed yeah. in, in St. Louis to begin with, but whatever. We also have the Padres. They're a pretty interesting team. They, pound for pound, have like, the best lineup in the MLB and they just don't act like it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard on like some podcasts that that clubhouse like, isn't super tight. I don't, I'm not super big. I'm like, Oh, everybody's got to be buddies, but something, something there just isn't clicking. They have, they have so much talent and it's just not, they're just not winning games. They, they have a 28% chance to make the playoffs. But I think what's interesting is that, despite only having a 28% chance to make the playoffs, Fangraph still has them as like 3% chance almost to win the World Series. So like they think that if the Padres can make the playoffs, that they actually have a legit chance to do some damage. And it's understandable. I guess they're probably just looking at the all the talent they've accumulated. I just, in that division, you already have the Dodgers, the Giants, and the, the D-backs who we already touched on. So they're they're fighting for a wild card. And I think they're like, 10-ish games back like they're they're out of it um what would be interesting is if they want to trade Juan Soto I don't think they will I mean they'd basically be cutting their losses at that point um but I mean he's he's their biggest trade chip and I think he's got one year left after this year and if you're the Padres you got to be sitting there realistically thinking are can we can we win a world series in 2024 it's not impossible. I mean, everything's gone wrong this year, but man, that's you. You could get a lot of those prospects back and kind of, you know, yeah. reset the table because they're not going to pay him. They can they can act like they are. They, they are not going to pay him. They have Machado, and they've got Bogarts making all that money. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Tatis, yeah. yeah. So they could also sell in terms of their reliever and Josh Hader, who they just got last year. 
I could see him going to the Rangers and just dominating like Chapman kind of re revitalized his career somehow. I think you kind of just go to New York and that's where your career goes to die. So he kind of got out of the Yankees, um, spent some time in the Royals, which is pretty random. I'm not sure why no other team tried to sign him this year, but uh, I think him going to the Rangers um, and if they can like pair Hader and uh, Chapman up and do those guys can do the seven, eight, nine in some order. Like, I just think that's close to unstoppable. Um, the Rangers starting pitchers, they have Heaney, Dunning, and then obviously or Perez, and then they have Eovaldi kind of as their ace. When is DeGrom um, back? Oh, I totally forgot about DeGrom. Isn't he out the whole year? He had that press conference. We oh, crying. yeah, he is. You're right. I totally forgot about Jacob DeGrom. If they had him, they would be insanely good. Jacob DeGrom's 35. Yeah, he's made- just turned 35 last month. He's on a five-year, $185 million contract. Yeah, they have to be sitting there like if we would have allocated that money almost anywhere else. We, I mean, they could have, like I said, they would have been so good. They're already, I think they're already a true contender. And that's with yeah, got- wasting $40 million on nothing. Yeah, yeah. Corey Seager, he um, reunited with his old hitting coach for the Dodgers. He was a little banged up last year, but now he's like second or third, arguably, in AL MVP. So he's been mashing it. Um, yeah, it'll just be interesting kind of see what that what ends up happening in that division because I still like have trouble betting against the Astros. They're not the same team as they were. They don't have that strong of pitching. They've gotten hit pretty good this year, but they're still in the race. We got the Mariners. Um, who could also be be buyers, so they could potentially be in on on like Blake Snell, another pitcher for for the Padres. But we'll, we'll see. We'll kind of see what happens there. Um, the last person on our list is Cody Bellinger. You're our Cubs insider. He will not stop hitting home runs. <laughs> he may be the greatest player in MLB history right now, if we were, if we were to just keep this up. So what, what's, what's the deal with them? What's going to happen? I said last a few days ago, I think on here, I said Yankees and Phillies, uh, the Yankees, Yankees haven't won a game. Since yeah. Now. The Yankees suck. <laughs> they, they've got a few guys that they would probably rather sell. I don't know if they would buy, if they keep this up, there's 10 days, obviously if they get hot and they go like eight and two, seven and three that they can reevaluate. But we're talking about, I mean, Cody Bellinger is not going to be cheap. He's going to be the top bat, rental bat on the market. And if you're the Yankees, you don't even have good playoff odds. You get 27% chance to make the playoffs and you want to buy. Um, I, I, I think I would tweak, tweak my top teams a little bit. I think the Astros, um, that's just because they've been at every day. It's like a new article. The Astros are, are scouting Cody Bellinger. Um, and Marcus Stroman. I would love to package them both up somehow. The Cubs have so much farm depth. They have all of these like B, B minus, B plus caliber prospects. And the and and with the new rules, you can only have so many prospects. They got rid of all those farm teams, if you remember. So we don't need depth. They don't need to be just stockpiling depth in hopes that some pop. I mean, they got they got to be, you know. Going after some of the big fish. If you got to package Strowman and Belly, if you got to add in Merriweather or something to get it done, then 
That's what you got to do. But we we need some top end talent. We don't have a yeah. masher. Yeah, I I think the Astros would be a good fit. They're occupying the third wild card spot right now, and they're a few games behind uh, the Rangers, and they're like five games up on the Mariners, five and a half up on the Mariners. So they're in a good position where they probably have enough talent to get to the playoffs. But if they actually want to do something come October, they probably need to add a little bit. So. Yeah, if you package those two together, could work. Yeah, um, the Rays have- are interested too, but I'm always nervous to do a deal with the Rays. I feel like you're automatically going to lose. They seem to always know something that yeah, the other team does. They are cheating somehow. I don't know how. I don't actually think they're cheating, but somehow, some way, they are using some devil magic. They like took the Cardinals' devil magic and like amplified it because – they're dominating and they have like an $80 million payroll. And we're about, we're talking about paying uh, Otani like 60 million a year himself. The, the Rays traded for, they traded Jake Bowers, a first baseman who is like a perennials negative 0.1 war player for Yandy Diaz, who they just turned into an all-star. He couldn't see the field in Cleveland, and now he's he was in Seattle, you know, batting in the all-star game. So I don't know how they do it. They win every trade. Yeah. Tyler Glass now from the Pirates. Yeah. Randy Arozarena. Yeah, because he was in St. Louis. Yeah. Shout out St. Louis for giving up Randy and Adolis Garcia. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Cardinals, <laughs> for being dumb. <laughs> um, it looks like we have a couple more predictions kind of to close out. Um, you got something for Giolito and Hendricks, a couple of pictures. I think I think Le- Lucas Giolito, he's with the White Sox. He's going to opt out. He's from California. He went to that Harvard-Westlake home of like half of the MLB starting pitchers, Max Freed, um, Jack Flaherty. There's, I think there's literally like 10 of them. It's, it's a high school that's like an MLB pitching factory. But he's, anyways, he's from LA. I could see him going to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are shopping that like tier two, tier three starting pitching market. Um, so I, I could go Dodgers there, but I also am predicting Jordan Montgomery of the Cardinals to Atlanta. Um, I could see those two flip flop because they're kind of of a similar class, but you know, it'll just depend on, on need and the ask. I think, I think Jordan Montgomery is a little more consistent, but Giolito obviously has like, better stuff he's just he just he's, gets lit he's a higher up. yeah he's got a higher yeah, higher higher ceiling i think um but yeah i don't know both those guys they've had they've seen better days but they still definitely hold some value. they're gonna get paid this offseason just because teams are so desperate for these starting pitchers yeah. um, which is why i think the cubs should trade marcus stroman i, I know cubs twitter is extend him no I, I trade him. What have you done for me lately, Marcus Stroman? Yeah. What what what's his his stat line over the last five starts in the most crucial like up, going up into the trade deadline? He's got a six point four six ERA over his last five starts. I think what makes me the most mad there is he's using the fans as leverage to get an <laughs> extension done. He's he he has the best month of his career and he starts going to the media like, oh, I want an extension and they're not talking to me. Like, have you ever heard of leverage? Like, no, no crap. You're 
general manager isn't going to reach out to you and try to extend you when you're playing the best baseball in your career. Like he knows that the dollar amount you're wanting is going to be unrealistic. And he's using the fans to like apply pressure. Jet's not going to fall for that for one. And two, these fans are so easy. Do they not? He has a player option next year. He, he could always come back for like $24 million, but he won't because he wants money. It's a business. It goes both ways. Yep. yep. You're exactly right. I don't blame him for not for, for hitting free agency, but he even said if, if they trade me, I hope they're in the discussion this summer um, and they show interest this summer. So it sounds like there won't be any hard feelings. Sometimes you can, you know, trade him to a place he'd rather go if he doesn't want to go back to Toronto. And we know he doesn't want to go back to the Mets, but like, just just work with them. You can maybe get them to come back in this in this summer or this uh, yeah this winter. I'm sorry. I think yeah. you, that way you can get your prospects and sign them. And then what Best about both his? Worlds. What about his uh, his friend Kyle Hendricks? Is he staying uh, or going? Kyle Hendricks is one of my favorite players, so I hope he stays. I think. He does have trade value. It's nothing. I don't think it's at obviously the level of a Strowman. I think it'd be like that tier just below Giolito or Montgomery. He's on the last year of his deal um, with a mutual option. So the other team probably just won't pick it up. But talk about a guy who's great in the rotation, like working with other pitchers. Every he, Everybody learns stuff working with Hendricks. I think if you're a team like Baltimore, who's got a, just a really young team in general, if you do make the postseason, I'm not saying he should be your number one or two or even your three starter. But if you have to hit, you know, that that fourth starter in the playoffs, I, I would much rather have Kyle Hendricks than almost anybody else as a fourth starter come postseason time. Um, and that's why I'm predicting Baltimore and then in part Brandon Hyde, the – the ex-Cubs bench coach from the World Series run for a number of years. Him and Kyle are still tight. I know they just played a series in Chicago and caught up. So I'm feeling a connection there. It's speculative. I haven't really seen a whole lot out there, and there's no guarantees he even goes. But that's just uh, a gut gut feeling. Yeah, and you know you can trust him in the playoffs too. Like The moment's not going to be too big for him. He's not going to be afraid of anything. So. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll be he'll be totally fine wherever he ends up going. I think we've pretty much covered all we want to talk about MLB wise. Is there anything you wanted to add before we uh, recap some golf? Mm, in terms of the deadline, yeah, I think we can have one more episode before the deadline too, because we're still we're about a ten days away, week and a half, so we got some time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to come down to the wire, like I said, for a lot of these teams. Cubs included, they're hanging on. They're going like on a game-by-game basis. And I think that's going to be the case for a lot of teams in those really competitive divisions. So I, I think we have, we'll have to talk about it, you know, closer to August 1st because Otani alone is going to be taking up all the headlines. So Yeah, and August 1st is a Tuesday. I'd say... Uh, mark your calendars for that day. We'll probably throw an emergency pod up there. Even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes, we'll break down some notable trades, look at what prospects are kind of being flipped around, see if there's anyone notable or at least that we think is notable. So looking forward to that. All right. I need to personally talk about something. I recommended Scotty Scheffler top 10. He's three over. 
through 36 holes. He's not in, in good shape right now. Um, I was watching a little bit this morning. Um, and it is, I don't know. I don't know what's gotten to him, gotten into him. He's just not playing his best. He's sitting there tied at, um, 62nd. So he is, Brian Harmon's leading. He's 13 behind Brian Harmon. You're probably asking, who is Brian Harmon? Why is he at 10 under and the next, the next guy, Tommy Fleetwood's at five under? Well, let me tell you about Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon is the 2014 John Deere Classic champion. You have to take him seriously. I heard he celebrated at Happy Joe's and Silvis afterwards. I would not doubt it. So um, he's also the 2017 Wells Fargo Championship, which is more respectable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's a two-time winner, but... He's building back better. Do you really think he can hold on? His best results in majors, tied 12th at the Masters, tied 13th at the PGA Championship, the Open, he's got six last year, so I guess he, he does play well overseas. U.S. Open tied second in 2017. So obviously he's got the skills to compete, but I, 36 more holes, can he hold on with a, with a five-stroke lead? I don't see it. I mean... Slade, who, who's your prediction? Who are you telling me you think is going to win earlier? Uh, Jordan Spieth. I think he's he's just inside the top 10 right now. Yeah, he's he's at 7th. He's tied 7th. He's 8 back. We also got uh, we also got Rory McIlroy and Max Holm at 1 under, um, tied 11th. So th- those guys will be in it, and then the rest rounding out the rest of the leaderboard. Like I said, we got Fleetwood 2nd, Sepp Straka at minus 4, Jason Day and Min Lee both um, – tied fourth for minus three so if you were to move off of i mean are you giving up on scotty scheffler on the record no no i i was even looking at him to win the tournament at 200 to one is that gonna happen no but you're never gonna get scotty scheffler at 200 to one and if you guys remember i did recommend abraham answer at 400 to one or i at least said i was surprised by that um He's beating Scotty Suffer by a couple shots. He's tied for 30th at plus one. I can guarantee you he's not at 400 to one anymore. It's probably 100 to one, but. So taking a step back, if you had to pick a winner as of now, halfway through the tournament, who's your pick? That's a good question. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Jason Day. I'll go with the Australian. He, uh, he's a great putter. He he plays well in, in majors. He's got the experience. Um, Hack, yeah. Hack, how are you feeling about about your Rory play? I'm sticking with Rory. It's his tournament to lose. You're not you're not flirting with anyone I'm, else. I'm worried. I'm worried about Tommy Fleetwood. He's got. He's always been knocking on the door. With majors, I'm not worried about Brian Harmon at all. As Coiner pointed out, he's a he's a JDC guy, and that's where that's where he should stay. <laughs> I want to, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the Quad Cities would really rally around him as like a yeah. five time winner. That'd be good to see. But you, I want to go back to the point you made. You said this is Rory McIlroy's tournament to lose. Has anyone yeah. ever been down a, <laughs> nine shots? Through 36 holes, and it's been their tournament to lose. Can you fact check that? Well, I mean, you look at the names ahead of him, and who are you really worried about? 
Tommy Fleetwood, Jason Day. Midler Lee is a good good young player. You're not worried about Wyndham then, Clark? He just won he just won a major. No, I'm not worried about Wyndham Clark. Okay. What what is Wyndham Clark? He's sounds like a hotel to me. Yeah, he's I he's I agree. behind Rory, isn't it? No, he's Wyndham Clark's at Oh no, he's tied. He's tied with him. Yeah, he's he's tied eleven too. So but yeah, the guys above him, Sharma, Spieth, Slade's pick. Um, Cam Young, obviously he he's a top twenty player. Stewart Sink, no. Stenson, no, those guys are gonna fall off. Where's Tony Finau? Tony Finau, he was struggling. He's uh Did he make the cut? No, he, he did he did not make the cut. He's sitting there at plus six. So some notables not to make the cut. Finau. Tiger um, Woods. Justin Thomas. Yeah, Tiger is still at home with his feet kicked up. If um, you look at the live odds on on DraftKings, Rory's still sitting there in the third third best odds to win. So Yeah, he's been in the top three all day. Yeah, okay. it's Brian Harmon at plus one fifty, Tommy Fleetwood plus four fifty, and then you got Rory at plus a thousand. I would look into if if Brian Harmon's leading by like two going into the back nine and Rory's breathing down his neck, I would bet Rory. I'm not betting on Harmon to to win it no, closely, that's a but horrible it, bet. If Harmon yeah. is up like still like five or six strokes going into Sunday, he should be able to win that. I just I just don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, there is I haven't watched much, but I don't think the weather's been been bad. It's been windy, obviously, but I think tomorrow there's going to be like a 98% chance of rain. So you mix that in with some wind. I don't know if Brian Harmon's got, I don't know if he's got it. It's not TPC Deer Run. It is, it is moving day. So we'll see some guys going up the board. We'll see what happens. He, he's been practicing um, at Duck Creek for this. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Harmon probably doesn't deserve the slander, but no one else. He's the. Say it. He, I think he has the course record at Red Hawk. <laughs> Good old Brian Harmon went to Georgia. He's uh went went to a great football school. So we'll have SEC we'll have media the, days today. Uh, yeah, we got college happened. football. College football talk is coming. I know everybody's getting impatient. We're gonna we're gonna give you guys dozens of plays for college football. We're gonna go overs and unders. Um, a couple, some, he- some Heisman talk. Yeah, yeah. So a couple from each conference, depending on your allegiances and um, yeah, conference champs, division champs. Yeah, so that's a little sneak peek into what you should expect on our on our main college football podcast. So we're really excited to share that with you, as well as the NFL season and the MLB playoffs. So. We also have gotten some requests for some other sports, such as tennis. We have the U.S. Open Grand Slam coming up here in September. We've also had some people asking for UFC, plenty of main events on the horizon. So, yeah, we should have some really good content coming out in regard to those sports as well. But once again, this is the BetGPT podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and I'm hoping to get us on YouTube here in the coming weeks. So thank you. Please like and subscribe. Give us a good review. And tell your friends about it. I'm sure they'd love to listen to us on their commute to work or on a jog or, you know, in their leisure time. So thank you for the support. And we will catch you guys next time.